1: All right. Give honor to God and all the saints, thanking God for another day, thanking God for the land of the living, thanking God for the privilege of prayer. Thank God we have a blessed night tonight. Uh, We have a a special presentation as we continue our study of awesome women in the Bible. And um, tonight, Dr. Millicent is presenting on the... uh, um, the woman at the well, I don't have her in front of me. They did a lot of stuff to me, but she's presenting an awesome woman of God. And she's also bringing a perspective. I remember you had sent me something about the adulterer, something about the adulter woman. Is, is that correct, Dr. Millicent? Correct. The woman caught yeah. in adultery. The woman caught in adultery. And um, I guess they didn't give her a name. So we'll, um, I mean, I, I find that amazing. And when we get to question and answer, I just wondered what made you pick these uh, characters? I'm sure you had a reason for it. And let me just, yeah, before I get started, what made you pick the woman, uh, the adulterer as a great woman in the Bible? Um, When I was
2: working on my dissertation, where I, it was my thesis at that point, Um, my The title of my thesis was um, uh, "Educating the Church to Empower Women Who Suffer in Silence from Domestic Abuse," and all of my research went towards women who I believed was actually victims of abuse uh, versus just being women of sin. Uh, The information that I found first and foremost was the uh, attitude of the patriarchal society towards women. Period, but as a as a general rule, women could not own property during the early church. They could not um, transact business. They had to have men to do that for them. Even if they had inheritance, they needed to have a father, uh, a brother, uh, an uncle, a son, or a um, cousin. But there needed to be a male in their family under. Uh, over which their business would be transacted and taken care of. So if a woman in biblical days did not have a husband, son, father, um, uncle, a male in her family, then she essentially had no, no means by which to earn a living. Consequently, you would find women who had to do other things to uh, just to live, just to survive. And the woman of of Samaria, uh, both women were either found to have been with multiple men or accused of something like the woman who was taken in adultery. And both women found redemption through Jesus Christ. He was busy putting women back in a status of daughter and chosen when society was casting them down.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I just, that was just my question. Okay. We're going to go, I'm, I'm excited now. Okay. Cause I just, I had to have the air, like, I mean, I didn't understand I a great woman in the Bible. When someone asked me too, how is that a great woman in the Bible? But I'm sure we'll get more information. The key thing from what you're saying is that God looked at them despite their sins uh, as daughters. And um, he took it from there. So with that being said, I'm going to open up like we usually do. We start with prayer and from prayer, uh, we'll read a scripture and then we'll go right into um, the awesome uh, woman of God that Dr. Millicent will be talking about tonight. So dear God, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of prayer. We thank you, God, for each and every person here with a thirst for your word to come to you and honor you. Particularly in Women's History Month. We thank you, God, for all the great women in the Bible that we've studied. And we thank you, God, just for all the great women in the Bible, period. And we thank you, God, for the great women on this phone call tonight, on this uh, prayer line tonight. We thank you, God, for prayer warriors. We thank you, God, that for people that come together and particularly pray for an end to the eugenics program, for an end to the targeted individual program, for an end to all of these human-killing humans without penalty programs. God, we bring this before the throne and we ask you, God, for divine intervention. God, I ask you, God, for a special coverage over each and every praying treasured individual. God, that you can help us make it through this horrific uh, program, eugenics, this program where they're literally trying to turn people into being uh, human sacrifices. We come against that demon spirit We plead the blood of Jesus against untimely death. We plead the blood of Jesus against human sacrifices. We plead the blood of Jesus against hospitals being a part of this uh, human sacrifice killing program. We come against every demon spirit that's trying to usurp authority that you have, God, and only you, of when we die and how we die. God, I ask you, God, to cover each one of our organs, our body parts. and Don't let no demon from the pit of hell. Touch them. God, I ask you to remove these demons off the earth. We need you, Heavenly Father. We need you to touch. We ask you, God, to send in the Holy Spirit to touch, to touch people in leadership position, in governance positions, dear God, to say enough is enough. Enough children have suffered. Enough families have suffered. Enough treasured individuals have suffered. It is time that these people get the death penalty or whatever, Heavenly Father, you feel. Is appropriate for your vengeance is mine. All I could do, all we can do is ask you, God, to enforce your vengeance, to remove these demons off this earth. I do decree and declare that the day is coming that the declaration of war against eugenics shall be manifested on this earth. I decree it and declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I ask you, God, to lead this Bible uh, study tonight. Let us leave here with with information and knowledge we did not have previously. I thank you, God, for each and every listener, participant, and downloader, and and each person, God. We ask you, Lord, to let this uh, message be a a message to each person, dear God, that they can even grow stronger. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Tranquility, you want to pray? And then I'm going to ask Dr. Millicent, Brenda, uh, whoever else would like to pray.
0: Okay, I would love to. Okay. Gracious God, I thank you for this opportunity to participate in tonight's prayer call. Thank you for keeping us all safe through another day. We ask now, O oh God, that you will be with us, that you will guide us, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength, and I'm so glad that you are my redeemer. Use us in spite of us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen.
1: Amen. Oh, amen. 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 Brenda, you want, Brenda, you want to pray?
0: Okay. Yes. Father oh, okay. God, thank you for this time of coming together. Oh God, thank you for this time of unity. Oh God, I thank you, Lord God, as we come before Your throne, Lord God. We see your power. We see your glory, Lord God. We we see you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that our eyes are open wide. Lord God, I thank you that we have four vision, Lord God, and we have pro- provision, uh, provision for our needs. Lord God, you said that our every need would be met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord God, release your provisions right now in Jesus' name. Release your provisions. Lord God, to your people right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, sustain your people, Lord God, in the time of trouble, in the time of need. Sustain your your people spiritually, Lord God. Sustain your people, Lord God, um, um, materially in Jesus' name. Lord God, sustain your people with visions and dreams and your word. Lord God, your word, Lord God, sustain them right now. In the name of Jesus, in the dark times, in the dark times, in the lion's den, Lord God, sustain your people right now in the name of Jesus. When the enemy comes in like a, flood, like a flood, Lord God, I thank you that you are going to overtake that enemy, Lord God, and that we will have a victory, Lord God, over the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. When the enemy thinks he has done something, when he thinks, Lord God, he has has, has dealt his final blow, Lord God, when he, when we think, when he thinks, Lord God, that you're down for the count and dead and that you're no more. I thank you, Lord God, that we rise up. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, right now for your mighty power. I thank you for your mighty presence. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that we are delivered people. Lord God, we may be targeted, but we are delivered from this demonic program. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. What Satan has done for evil will, will generate good, Lord God. It will generate your glory, your glory, your glory only. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: Amen. 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 And amen. Amen. Uh, amen. All right. right. Cherise and then Dr. Millicent. I want to say
0: the best. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for once again bringing us all together to praise and worship you. Father God, I pray that you bless everyone on this call line with all the prayers that they've been praying for and the things they've been asking for expeditiously, Father God. As we get ready for this wonderful messages that we're about to hear tonight, I pray that you continue to keep a positive spirit, vibe, and keep the line just going, flowing wonderfully. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Dr. Amen. Medicine.
2: Amen. God, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for all of the ways that you prove yourself faithful on our behalf. We thank you, Father, for the times that you stood up for us, O God, when no one else would stand. I pray, God, tonight that as we embark upon this study of your word, Lord, we're praying that you would indeed open our eyes that so we might see the wondrous treasures, oh God, that you have hidden in your word for us. I praise you, God, for showing us that you indeed are the one who are perfecting the things that concern us. I pray, Father, by your power and by your might, Lord, that you would indeed move back the hand of the adversary, Lord. You know what each one of us stand in the need of. You know which parts of our bodies are so brutalized that we oftentimes don't know what to do, God. You know the parts of our bodies, Father, that the perpetrators like to uh, chide us about, Father, as they hurt us and harm us. But, Father, I thank you that you're the God of the restoration. You're the God of the refreshing, the God of the renewal, Father God, and because of that, we are still here. Thank you, Lord, that we are indeed covered over under the shadow of your wings, that you, God, know how to hide us in the secret place. Thank you, Father, for the times of intimacy that we're allowed to have with you. God, because you are God and because we can't live without you, it is indeed in you that we live and move and have our very being. And so tonight, God, is. As Reverend Brenda has already prayed, God, let your power fall. Let your kingdom come in us, oh God, as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen, amen, amen. Okay, Uh, our scripture, Proverbs 11, 16, a gracious woman gains honor. Violent men gain only wealth. The good news, any woman who is compassionate in her life will be rewarded in heaven, while those who act in anger will be punished. That is a woman from Proverbs 11, 16. And um, the Bible tells us that a strong woman wears the look of confidence in her face, but uh, but a woman of strength wears grace. A strong woman has faith that she's strong enough for the journey, but a woman of strength has faith thats that it is in the journey of surrender to God, wow, that she will become strong. Amazing. All right. So um, those are some of the Bible verses. Just a few more. God is within her. She will not fall. May he grant you, out of the riches of his glory, to be strengthened and spiritually energized. Blessed is she who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And blessed is she who believes and trusts in the most High God. Thank you, Lord, for those scriptures that give us the strength to keep going forward, especially in a a situation where there are criminally insane men targeting women to try to kill and destroy us. We thank you, God, that you're the God of the impossible and that we're moving on and that we're doing what you put us here to do. So we give you all the the praise and the honor. And we thank you, God, for this awesome study by Dr. Millicent tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Dr. Millicent, welcome.
2: Thank you so very much for the invitation. And for the opportunity of sharing with you on these two great women, what makes them great in my eyesight is that they were able to endure the hardships that were put upon them, not because of whose they were, but because they were women. But what the, what was exciting to me was when we learned that God acknowledged them through Jesus Christ. And so then it became whose they were that brought them out of the place of degradation, out of the place of rejection, out of the place of separation. And Jesus included them in the Beloved. All of this he did on his way to the cross. And that was also a moment of excitement that God was showing the world that Jesus had indeed had the the ability and the power to forgive sin while he was on earth. Not just the sin of men, but also the sin of women. He was not just restoring men, but he was also restoring women, and their past was no more held against them than was the past of the men. That was what was so exciting about this. Um, These two women are both discussed in, in my book that has been published on Amazon that's entitled Empowering Women Who Suffer in Silence from Domestic Abuse, From Victim to Book to Voice, recovered and restored. That's what Jesus does to a life. He recovers it and he restores. The first woman I'll talk about tonight is the Samaritan woman. Both women are found in the book of John. Uh the Samaritan woman's story is told in John chapter four. The most interesting thing about the Samaritan woman is that she was part Jew or she was she was part Hebrew. I I'll just share with you all about my own personal um, preferences. I tend to challenge the word Jew or Jewish when referring to Hebrew people. Um, I don't believe they are the same, though many people accept that as being fact. So, the when there was the split in the kingdom uh, of Israel, the northern kingdoms stayed in the north, and Samaria was their home home base or their capital. The southern kingdom stayed in Jerusalem. So when the northern kingdom was in Samaria, they began to intermingle in marriage with the Samaritans, and that's what gave them the name half-breed. So the text opens with Jesus coming to Samaria, where he meets a woman at a well at noon. The Assyrians named Samaria that was located in a region of Palestine, probably in about 722 B.C., from its capital city. Scholars had voiced differences of opinions as to whether the detour through Samaria was because of geographical convenience or for theological reasons. The mission for which Jesus says he must go through Samaria turned into an evangelistic message that brought understanding of true worship to the entire region. I know that I'm supposed to be reporting on the woman, but the woman had no real substance until Jesus took over. And when I say she had no real substance, I mean that before Jesus, and, and it's almost like a before Peter and a after Peter effect. Before Jesus, the woman was looked upon. She was pushed around. She had reason to seek water in the middle of the day instead of in the evening when the sun had gone down like the rest of the women, and yet she did go. And it was at the time that she went and the time that Jesus was there that makes this such an important event or an important occasion. Not only was this an evangelistic assignment, but it was also a mission of freedom and acceptance for a woman in that town. This woman was about to be freed from being outcast and became a lesson of inclusion in the Beloved, for the people of Samaria. She was about to become liberated from the very life that had caused her to be shut out and isolated. Jesus' conversation with the Samaritan woman is said to be one of the longest dialogues in the gospel. The fact that Jesus spoke to this woman was breaking the tradition and the custom of the Jews during the first century. There were two strikes against the woman of Samaria. First, she was not a pure breed and not accepted by the culture. Second, she was a woman. The Samaritans were a people of mixed blood, brought to the area much like the slaves of Africa. According to Reverend Maxine Thomas, the Samaritan woman was plagued by racism, sexism, and classism. This woman experienced racism because of the mixed blood that coursed through her veins. Sexism, because she was a woman, and classism, because they were considered a poor class of people. Yet 13 times Jesus is recorded to have made conversation with this woman at the well. I learned some very interesting facts about Jacob's well that I'll go into only because it's so important for us as we understand the Plight of who I would prefer to call the Hebrews, the particular land that Jacob's well is found on, was actually purchased. Well, it was actually given to Joseph by his father Jacob. And you'll remember that Jacob is the is the grandson of Abraham. That's why I pull back into the the uh, culture and the class of the Hebrew people. It was a field that Jacob purchased so that he could pitch his tent in the land of Canaan, and he built an altar there. And he named it Elohi Israel, meaning the God of Israel. This very field was the first inhabitable piece of real estate that was recorded in Scripture that any Israelite ever owned. In the promised land, Abraham had previously purchased the field of Ephraim, which contained a cave that became his and Sarah's burial place. Now, Joseph, when the children of Israel was coming out of Egypt, well, before they came out of Egypt, but when they came to Egypt, Joseph made them promise that when they left Egypt, that they would take his bones. And they did. And Joseph found his resting place in the same cave that his grandfather. Great grandfather at this point, that his great grandfather and his great grandmother were buried. The Israelites carried Joseph's remains around with them for 40 years in the wilderness until he came to his resting place in that cave. <clears throat> so it was important the fact that Jesus met her at Jacob's well on the land that was purchased by Abraham way back when he, was, when he received the promise from God that he would make him a father of many nations. Being at a well indicates that both people had a thirst for water. This is the first time that Jesus displays his humanity by acknowledging that he was thirsty. The second time was on the cross at Calvary. The time of day is described as noon, which indicates that the woman was coming to the well at a time that other townspeople were not known to come. Meeting a man at the well who was willing to have a conversation with her was an unexpected occurrence. The conversation opened over the topic of water. Jesus asked for water. The woman, in her own surprise, did not know how to respond except by asking a question herself. Why are you asking me for water? She asked. She was speaking of H2O from Jacob's well. That's why she had come to the well, actually. But Jesus was really talking about something else. He was really talking about the water that he would be able to offer to her, and that would be the water that would spring up inside of us as well as her, and he is called the Holy Spirit. The question led to his answer in the dialogue that allowed Jesus To introduce the subject of salvation, Jewish custom was that a Jewish man did not speak to an unknown woman, nor was a Jewish rabbi to speak with a woman in public at all. Also, Jews were not to have any social interaction with Samaritans at all. There are customary uses for water such as cooking, bathing, and cleaning, but what else can be done with water besides drink it? I looked at that really closely and gave some real uh, prayer time to that so that I could have clarification myself. And God began taking my mind back to the times even as a child we used water to clean scrapes and scratches. Water can be used to cool burns and stings. Water can be used to wash away dirt and stain. It is these other accepted uses for water that Jesus is about to introduce to the woman. It is this conversation with the rabbi that will change the course of her whole life and deliver her from those who use their hang-ups to keep her shut down, shut out, and held back in life. Most important part of the exchange between Jesus and the Samaritan woman was the question asked by Jesus in verse 16, in which Jesus asked the woman about her husband. Now, this discourse between Jesus and the Samaritan woman was really and has been a very popular evangelistic message or evangelistic um, outreach can be used by Evangelistic Outreach Ministry because it draws the person in by asking questions to being able to share with them the good news of the gospel of salvation. The issue about the woman's husband turned into a declaration By Jesus, that she was not only living in sin currently, but she had six other men that she called husband to whom she no longer belonged. And that was important for us. She had men, but she no longer belonged to them. In early church, in the early church, and even during the the days of Moses, the men could get rid of the women for any reason at all. They can just decide, wake up in the morning. And besides, they didn't want the woman, and out she'd have to go. So, theologians thought she was evading the question by asking another question. It is believed that this woman was a sinner and had lived an immoral life. Now, that's what we as humans take about this woman, just from that little bit of information, that she was a loose woman, that she lived an immoral life. But the fact that God sent Jesus to look for her. He, There were so many ways to get to from Galilee to Jerusalem. However, Jesus said, I need to go through Samaria. God was leading him through Samaria. It was the easiest route, the quickest route, but it was also the, the most unusually unwanted route because of the possibility of coming in contact with who the society called half-breed but God was sending them through Samaria for a reason. Jesus' own great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother had been a prostitute. If you all remember Rahab and the woman with uh, with the red cord. So was this Samaritan woman in multiple marriages because she could not please her husband? Could she not cook or clean? Did she not please her husband in bed? What if the man just wanted someone else and used the law to send her away. What if she could not have children and this made her unwanted? The law of Moses allowed a man to divorce his wife if she did not please him by, giving him by giving her a certificate. The Levitical law says that only the man can initiate a divorce and gave specific reasons for which this activity could take place. Where a dowry was involved, the dowry had to be returned to the family of the woman When the man left her, in some instances, there were reasons for which the man could be made to continue to care for the woman. Moses said he issued a writ of divorce to keep the man from killing the woman to get rid of her. And that was uh, told by Mark in chapter 10, verse 4. Can't you see that the the chaos that would be going on today, especially in the society that we live in today, if the uh, the law of Moses was still in action, there are misogynists in the world today. Men are actually programmed to hate women. <clears throat> the men that are hurting us are misogynists. They hate women. What if they would decided to were to decide to marry women just so that they have the right to kill them, or so they could kill them and, and the law would not come after them? What if she, the woman at the well, was trapped in an arranged marriage like Tamar or the Levite's concubine? The first century culture in which a woman was without a son or husband became a castaway. She was open to abuse and extortion by unscrupulous and unethical men. Again, Reverend Dr. Maxine Thomas described her as a woman of depression, doubt, and fear. In today's society, of few women want to be without a man in her life. Jesus presents to the woman at the well the acceptance that she needed. If the only way she could get acceptance was by a man accepting her, Jesus came to do just that. One thing that is observed about Jesus' interaction with the woman of that day is that with the women, not just this woman, but with all of the women who seem to be in need or cast out, for whatever the reason, is that he never left them as he found them. If they needed healing, they were healed. If they needed deliverance, they were delivered. If they needed money, it was provided. The women in Jesus' circle were such that he not only healed and delivered, but he restored and raised them to a level of honor they could have never attained without him. So what did Jesus bring to this woman who was, had suffered rejection, abuse, and mistreatment. What was it about the woman from Jacob's well that Jesus redirected his path to meet this woman? How long had he known of the thirst in her soul that only the spirit could satisfy? Jesus' ability to answer the woman's question allowed her to recognize him as a prophet. The theological mission of the text begins to unveil as a Samaritan woman who could tell her
0: <coughs>
2: who could tell her all she had ever done and keep talking to her as a display of the love of God, most men would have pushed her aside, told her to leave their presence because she was loose, and many men had had her, but not Jesus. Here Jesus represents the church, he represents forgiveness, he represents mercy. He represents compassion. He represents restitution. As a representative of today's missionary church, Jesus represents the external care of the body of Christ to a sister in distress. The church of the living God is to act as the neighbors of old and come to the aid of a sister who needs her her scratches and her scrapes cleansed and bound by the hands of mercy and she needs her burns and blisters of a bad relationship cooled by the water of compassion. She needs the dirt and stain of ugly words soothed by words of kindness. As a representative of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus presents forgiveness, healing, restoration, and elevation. We then, as representatives of Jesus, can do no less for one another and for others with whom we come in contact who have been cast down, cast out, and cast away. There is a mantle, a mandate left by Jesus to love one another. In John 25:40, he tells the church, inasmuch as you do it to the least of these, my little ones, you do it unto me. I will this woman receive cleansing from her past and status in the kingdom of God. She also received respect, acceptance, and validation by a man of the Hebrew community. Inwardly, she received a new life from living water, a quench for her thirst that would never end, a right to worship God wherever she was, and she received self-respect that could not be changed by the dictates of society. What we found out from the, uh, the story of the woman at the well was she went to the well to get water to ca- take care of her needs for the day, she met the man who was able to give her living water who would meet her needs forever Now the difference between her and the woman who was caught in adultery one the location the location for the woman who was caught in adultery is in is in the temple when Jesus had come down from the Mount of Olives. Instead of Jesus meeting the woman vicariously as he did the woman at the well, this woman was brought to Jesus by the scribes and the priests. They say they had caught her in the very act of adultery. I want I, I deliberately talked about the woman at the well first because I want you to just keep remembering the status and the position of the woman at the well because the woman who was caught in adultery very well might have been in the same condition. Some of the popish writers that uh, actually called this woman Susanna, her story is found in John chapter, the end of chapter seven, verses 53 through chapter eight, verses one through 11. They said that she was espoused to a decrepit old man named Manasseh, that she died a saint in Spain, whether she had followed St. James. Now, these accounts, the judicious comment, properly termed fable. What is certain is that men sought to entrap Jesus concerning the law regarding this woman. This is the first reporting of this scripture that is, the only time Jesus is reported to have written anything. Notice that Jesus did not write anything during his time on earth until he needed to confront these men about their attitude regarding a woman. And this passage is considered canonical through much of the worldwide church and is considered historical in its use by the church. The enforcement of the Mosaic Law was, of interest to the Pharisees because Jesus was known to contradict it as reported in the gospel. You all will remember from your own Bible reading that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were often trying to entrap Jesus because he always made them an open display. According to Deuteronomy 22, 22 through 30, the behavior of the man is being examined with greater Strength. then he is to be judged according to the status of the woman scripture is clear on the punishment that is to be allotted to the man and the woman depending on the circumstances there is no provision for the man to be set free yet the man who approached jesus the men who approached jesus were asking that the woman be stoned to death and the behavior of the man was not being addressed at all, in other words, they only brought a woman to Jesus for judgment, they did not bring the man at all. <clears throat> there seemed to be no trial of witnesses, no attention mm. was brought to the man. Yet, the report just, is that she uh, was... I'm just sorry,
0: her, huh? just her, just her, just
2: the just woman, just her, just her even Mm-mm-mm. though. Deuteronomy was clear about what had to happen
1: to the man and the woman. Wow. So they overlooked the biblical the biblical teaching and did what just just focused on the woman. These were the teachers of the law now.
2: But they were using hmm. her to try and entrap Jesus. There seemed to be no trial of witnesses, no attention was brought to the man. Yet the report is that she was caught in the very act. Of adultery, this would mean that she was married, and that the man she was with was guilty of lying with another man's wife. Where was the man? Despite the embarrassment that this woman had to suffer, the shame of the situation, and the threat of death, the real reason for this public display was to challenge Jesus as a prophet. The wisdom of Jesus led him to remain silent in this situation, and he stooped down to write in the dirt. It is not said what was written, only that whatever he wrote brought conviction on the men, in that when he arose, only he and the woman were left. Now, I wanted to talk more about that, because as I reread the scripture It says, Jesus stooped down and began to write in the dirt. And then he stood up again as the men were insistent that something be done about the woman. And he didn't say a word, but he stooped down a second time and began to write in the dirt. I was at the intensive at my seminary in January of 2021. 2020, January of 2020. And the way the um, the meetings worked at seminary intensive, we always had chapel every morning. And after chapel, we would have a plenary session. That would be someone who would focus on the theme of the intensive for that week. <clears throat> so the woman who was speaking on Thursday morning, because uh, My plan was to leave right after the plenary session was over. She got up and she said, I had an invitation to speak in, let's say, Africa. And she said, I told my friend about it, and I asked my friend, what should I talk about? And she said, tell him about the cross. Now, you have to understand that as Jesus worked his way through the book of John, he was on his way to the cross. And I could see, as I reread that scripture, that perhaps Jesus stooped on the ground and made the sign of a cross. The woman said that the significance about the story of the cross is that God had told her. She was often, I guess, judgmental, maybe critical of some of her, of some of her peers some of her constituents, some of her, her, her co-workers, and perhaps some of the members of her community, maybe even her church. And so she said God told her to just make a, a a piece of paper, write on a piece of paper all of the sins she could think of and just lay them down on around the cross. And she said she did that. And when she stood up, she said, well, now what did I do that for, Lord? And God said, just like I see your sins and I see them by the cross, I see the sins of everybody just like you. I see the sins of your of your neighbors and of your constituents. I see the sins of your peers and the members of your church and the members of the community. And I believe that I could just see in my mind's eye that Jesus, even though he was on his way to the cross, might have made a, the sign of a cross. And the first time he stooped down, maybe was to make that sign of the cross that made no sense to the priests and the scribes. But the second time he began to stoop down, he could have begun to write their names and their sins. And they and it says that from the oldest to the youngest they began to leave until Jesus stood up again and looked at the woman and says, "Where are your accusers?" She says, "They've all left." He says, "And I don't accuse you either." Go and sin no more. What he said to both the woman at the well and to the woman who had been caught into in adultery is to sin no more. Jesus became the cleansing force in both women's lives before the cross, but still as a representative of God the Father who did not want his women left in places of ir- of disrespect of uh, to be misused or mistreated, or abused. I chose these women because we often, as I said earlier, we often look at the women in the Bible as as positions, but we have to look at the condition of the day as well as their personal condition before we judge where they are. And for sure, if we look at their position alongside ours at the cross, We'd have to forgive them. We'd have to have compassion. We'd have to have love to them. We'd have to extend mercy. We'd have to give them the grace that God gives to us because we, like they, are cast out, aren't we, today? We're cast down, aren't we? We are knocked around by men who hate women, just like those in that day. The misogynists, mm. they're called misogynists today, but they were called uh, patriarchals in the, in the early days. And as late as in the days of John Calvin, they were still mistreating women. John Calvin had men come to him and say, we can't take, can't, can't control our women. They're not doing what we say. Calvin said, go back and give them instruction to do what to, what to do again. He said, and if they don't mind you this time, box their head. Box their head means beat them up. I want you to know men are still today not ca- not always calm. They're not always kind, and they're not always accepting of the women who God has given them to bear their children, to clean their houses, to cook their food, or to wash their clothes. So we as women surely have to be kind to one another. We surely have to be accepting of one another. Whatever state we find a woman in, know that she doesn't want to be there if she's homeless. If she doesn't have a job, if she can't take care of her children, I dare to tell you, ladies, that my mother left home on Saturday morning going out to be with a man to make to get money to take care of her children. I believe there are other women, mothers, who are just like mine. And it took me a long time to go to accept that my mother was doing the best she could. God blessed me that I had a husband. I had two husbands. I didn't have to live like my mother. My determination was that I would not live like my mother. But I'm telling you, if mother was a woman in the Bible, before Jesus came, she would have been outcast, just like the woman at the well. Nobody would have cared that she didn't have a husband to take care of her eight children. It was six of us that survived. But I tell you what else I had. I had a granddad who loved and feared and revered God Almighty. He prayed to the God who saved us and who had saved him and his family because he came through the through the channels of slavery. He had a mother who had children to raise. And because of my granddad and my grandmother's example to us as children, they raised four of their granddaughters. And my mom was in and out of their house with, with her own children because she was without a husband some of that time. But because of my granddad and his representation of God the Father to me, I grew to love God as my father. I grew to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I saw the way they treated my mother. They treated my mother as Jesus treated this woman at the well, as Jesus treated the the uh, woman who was caught in adultery. They loved my mother. They gave her grace and they gave her mercy. And because of their example today, I serve God. I serve Jesus Christ. And I can have mercy on the women like the one at the well or the one that was, ca- was caught in adultery. Thank you, ladies, for listening.
1: Wow. Wow. That, that was my speaker on? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Oh, okay. Wow. That, that was, was awesome. Wow. That was awesome. Did I hear you correct? Though you said your mom was a uh, was was a what?
2: I just said my mother left home on Saturday morning, going to meet someone so that she could make money to take care of her children. I watched my mom and my and and and, and our neighbor; they would leave together, and I knew that they were meeting men. Hmm.
1: I hear you. God God chooses who he uses. Look what look what that experience led you to become. To help so many women as a minister you know um, what the devil meant for bad he will use for good. You know let me just um, wow that was just a phenomenal story and it just lets you, us know that uh, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. I was just going to say my mother became
2: a minister of the gospel and when she passed from this life at the age of eighty-six years old, she was well respected by the people in the community.
1: Wow, wow! Well, God can use anyone. Um, yeah, you know, I, I when I was in college, uh, I had a, a girlfriend, and uh, you know, she was uh, she was convinced that uh, that was the way she was not going to be poor. So, uh, you know. She negotiated with men, too. And when I got to really know her, because um, my mom, my, my, my that, you know, that, that's just, I, I wasn't familiar with that type of stuff. But what was important is that you, you look at the history. And um, when she was 14, you know, her mother stood at the door and told her as long as she has uh female parts, you know, she has to come in that house with some money. So you just never know why or why people are going the route, you know, and you can't, you can't judge. Um, you know, I pray that, 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 you know, I haven't heard from her in a while, you know, that was back in the day in college days, but my point of bringing it up is that, you know, you just never know why people are are doing it. Uh, I I don't know if it was uh, just money, but in this particular case, she was raised that way. Her mother literally told us since she was 14, every time she came come in that house, she had to give her mother some money because, you know, as long as you're a female, you're supposed to have some money. And um, I just, you know, today she may be a minister. You know, you just don't know what experiences God will put you through to uh, have you be a blessing to the rest of the world so um, I'm gonna open it up for questions any questions Wow't don't all, don't all don't all ask questions at once <laughs> um well that was that was definitely. Uh, a, a, a touching story and a, 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 a wealth of a, a very thorough, um, a very thorough uh, presentation. Uh, you you want to say any more about it? Brenda, no, no questions? Cherise? Uh, tranquility? All right, so let me just add a little bit on to it. What can we learn from the woman caught in adultery? One of the key things is self-righteousness is a sin all people are guilty of, but often oblivious to their own selves. Along with other important lessons, Jesus' encounter with the woman caught in adultery exposes this hypocritical tendency in all of us. In John 7, 53, uh, it records the touching story of a woman caught in adultery jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and they were teachers of the law and pharisees they brought in the woman and they said you know she had been caught in the act of adultery they made her stand before the crowd they said to jesus together this woman was caught in the act of adultery in the law moses commanded us to stone such a woman now what should we do and that's what um uh, Dr. Millicent was just going through. The scribes and Pharisees were hoping to catch Jesus in the trap. That's what Dr. Millicent said they were trying to corner him. In cases of adultery, the, G- the Jewish law, they called for stoning. If Jesus recommended the woman to be released, he could be accused of breaking the law or of treating the law of Moses nonchalantly. On the other hand, if Jesus recommended stoning, he would be breaking Roman law bringing on the wrath of the government and giving the Jewish leaders occasions to accuse him. So the Jewish leaders cared nothing for true justice. It was evidenced by the fact that they only brought the adulterous woman. Justice would naturally demand that the adulterous man man, face the same treatment. Instead of stepping into their legalistic snare, Jesus silently stooped down and began tracing his fingers in the sand. The Pharisees and teachers kept on questioning him until he finally stood and said, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus responded flawlessly, response flawlessly, preserved from both Roman and Jewish law while uncovering the evil intentions in the hearts of the woman's accusers. So the episode provides an excellent example for us to follow when we find ourselves reacting judgmentally or with an attitude of self-righteousness towards someone else's sin. We must remember how much God has forgiven us and that none of us has the right to throw stones. God wishes to reconcile the world to himself, and Christians are called to be ministers of the reconciliation. God sent his son into the world to save us from the condemnation we rightfully deserve, The truth is perfectly illustrated in Jesus' interaction with the woman caught in adultery. So I just wanted to add that. And that that is, you know, the true, true significance. And that is so, it's so important. I mean, it's so, you know, we all fall short of the glory. And God showed right there, you know, that he did not treat her any differently. You know, any any more questions or comments? That was my comment. Well, thank you, um, uh, Dr. Millicent. I know that you know you're not a late nighter. Uh, you want to tell my members when they when uh, your call is, and um, if anyone's up, they're welcome to join you. I I haven't. Hello. We have a full range of services through Refuge from the
2: Storm Church. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning at 7 a.m., we have prayer, early morning prayer. That's Eastern time. Uh, on Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern time is our support group and Bible study. We are currently studying spiritual formation, which is going through the, the steps and the process and the teaching uh, of becoming more like Christ. And on Saturday afternoon at six PM is our regular church service. We just this past Saturday closed out a month of celebrations of being seven years uh, as a church in the TR community. And wow, uh, this Wednesday night is it seven seven years already? Yep, we finished seven years. We've completed completed seven years, and this Wednesday night we partnered with. Uh, Targeted Massachusetts with, with uh, Minister Miriam and Minister Julia, also Minister Barbara Hyzini to uh, provide to the T.I. community what we're calling Prayer for Justice. And that starts at 9 p.m. on Targeted Massachusetts uh, Conference Call Line. Uh, we invite you all to come out. We, we are praying for various aspects of the T.I. community various needs and we are seeing results so we've been doing that now for just over a year and that's coming to the ti community every fifth wednesday night so that we can pray together so we invite you to come and and join us
1: let me ask you so i saw you you was asking for um for other prayer warriors well we've got the program filled
2: now we've got the program filled now but what we'll do is what we've done in the past is once we've gone through all of the topics that we've been, we uh, intended to pray for, we then open the floor and make sure that there's no one else who wants to say a prayer uh before we close out. So if there are others who want to say a prayer, then they can just come to the, to the call on Wednesday night and there will be room made for them.
1: Okay. Lauren, right. Brenda, you still here? Brenda. Brenda. Oh, okay. I, I was going to nominate it's Brenda, but okay. I'm uh, still here. I'm, oh, i
0: was
1: gonna here. nominate. I was going to nominate you to add you to the list, because I think you're a good prayer warrior, too, and Tranquility. Okay. Well, join us Wednesday uh, when they have the open time. I think your prayers, and you you too, Tranquility, I think they'll mean a lot to the community. And Cherise. Okay. You know, and, and you'll get a, t- yep. a flavorful, and maybe next, you know, then the next, every month she does it. And the the purpose is to, um, you know, is, is to pray for the targeted individual a community. Uh, Dr. Millison, is it possible I could change my subject? Because I do want to do a different subject. What would that be to? Declaration of spiritual war against uh, eugenics. That's different. Yeah, declaration of war against eugenics, or spiritual war, whatever you whichever one you're more comfortable with. Um, uh,
2: could you not pray that and include for children and 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 family? Yes then why don't we leave it like it is, and you do that one. Uh, It should be five to seven minutes.
1: Five to seven minutes? Okay. Correct. I want you to announce my topic topic as as my declaration against uh, eugenics. Declaration against state and federal eugenics. we,
2: We already have the program printed, but you're welcome to say that before you start to pray.
1: Okay. No
2: problem. Okay. Okay. Uh Brenda oh. being in the in the legal profession though, would you come in and then say a prayer for uh for the lawsuits that are, are currently in place. I know Norm Rabin has a, a lawsuit in federal court in New York regarding the common rule. And Joy Mack has a, a the same kind of lawsuit in the federal court in in uh, Mississippi, as well as the one that Targeted Justice has going. Could you come in and, yeah, and say a prayer? It, yes.
0: Uh, yes. Okay. And you know what? I'm litigating as well, and I have found a lot of information that I could, you know, briefly touch on because there's so many. Facets to legal facets to this targeting program. And uh, yeah, yeah, I will do that. But I don't want to talk too much. But I'm telling you, it's something else when God opens your eyes about, you know, things. But he really provided for us a deliverance, you know, and some of it is legal. I can look at it that way. But uh, yeah, I will do that.
2: Okay, there will be one other lady who is also down to say a prayer for that. But I believe two prayers is not too many, uh, considering the amount of of uh, effort that has gone for for in putting these lawsuits together. I I have to uh, petition the court to make them turn the chips off so that I can have surgery. It has been proven, and I have medical documentation. I have a letter written by a orthopedic doctor to the court. Uh, confirming that the existence of these chips in my body can be used to, to harm me. I have uh, medical evidence that I need to have these uh, this issue addressed before I can have a third surgery on my right leg that uh, the second surgery resulted in some bone amputation, and this one is guaranteed to have more. But the surgeon doesn't want to do the surgery until I can get the chips turned off. And so I've got to Got to provide a yeah, uh, and just for,
1: uh, well, for us Millicent, you have no way of proving if they take your organs out. So I just, I mean, I I will keep you in prayer. Um, but right now they're harvesting. this. there's an a, a investment plan for human hap human capital wealth plan where they they they're calling people to do surgeries for the specific purpose. Of taking their organs out and then they're telling them that you they have cancer and what's really going on is that you're missing a spleen or, or a liver um so i i actually you know you to really prey on it i don't think the time for surgery at all is right now or anytime you know i mean i just wanted to share that with you that they're using surgery to remove organs and, and you know I I
2: appreciate that very much, but it's
1: certainly a time
2: for me to use this medical evidence to make the courts aware of the fact that my body is riddled with fifty three implants, and they are being used to make me need surgery. They are being used to make me need surgery.
1: And what makes you feel not, you're going to fix it?
2: I need to have it have it have. I need to have the chips turned off so that they can quit harming my body, harming my health.
1: And one more thing. Um, who's the guy in New York you said that's doing Norman
2: Rabin. You know, when we were at, uh, at the President's Commission on Bioethical Issues, after we met, we were asked to send our testimony to uh, John Holdren, who was, Uh, Obama's director of science and technology and right after that they began to try and modify the the common rule to close any gaps that would allow us to be able to sue them so Norman is is asking that they be that their their changes be set aside based on the fact that they use that specifically to try and get away with to try and get and, and get away with the fact that they are using us not essentially for research. Dr. John Hall mentioned the common rule in that um uh, in the in that meeting when we gave testimony to the President's Commission on
1: Bioethical Issues in 2011. Um how do I get in touch with this Norman Guy? I can give you an email address. That's all I have for you. Okay. I think I met him before, but I, I would like to be in touch with him definitely if he's if he's in the New York courts. Okay. Would you like to call, close this out in prayer, please? We're privileged yeah. to have you. Yes. Yeah. We thank you so much, and for sharing. And that was just an awesome presentation. An awesome lesson for us all to take a look at ourselves before we try to judge anybody. You know? And that was, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that's where that um, Jesus parable came from. Uh, What was it again? Um, About cast not the stone. What? Oh, let him who is without sin cast the first stone
0: correct yeah
1: correct it came from the study of the woman uh the the uh uh, the woman what is it called the
0: woman uh adultery the woman caught in adultery right right that's where the the, parable yeah yeah can i say something about that uh that's an interesting uh uh Aspect of of the woman caught in the very act of adultery. Guess what? I wrote a book about her, the same oh, yeah. lady, and uh, the I called it. And I have I have actually the graphic of the book. It's called Jesus, and I and I have a you know uh, the intercessory prayer model of uh, of Jesus and i used that woman that he delivered from an actual I, my 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 take on it was that she was under on a death penalty cuz back in that day stoning was their death penalty and so right. she had already been sentenced you know and how he intervened and interceded for her and and I use it as an intercessory prayer uh, model, and I and I talk about how uh, and even as an attorney, Jesus, uh, what, what what scripture is it? Second John two. Uh, there's an interpretation there if you look it up uh, in the uh, Greek, uh, Strong's, where Jesus is very very purpose was interceding as an attorney speaks for a defendant. And I thought that was so interesting when I read that and when I learned that Jesus was actually interceding and, and how I compared that to prayer. I did a whole book on it. In fact, I taught it to my students in my um, that were getting their bachelor's degree in menis- ministry and it and um it it, it 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 guess what I can't even remember my own book, but to hear what you had to say, oh, that was interesting, it's so interesting, it really augments that lady a lot, that woman, and um you know the fact that he had to stop and intercede for her, and he himself, Jesus, was attacked they they tried to attack him as well, and his his character and his his uh uh credibility uh and integrity when he tried to intercede for that woman. And um I mean I had all the aspects if you can imagine I spent a whole semester on that um on that woman but to you said you did your thesis on this on the woman as well? I did Dr. Millis? He was part of it uh-huh interesting it's a lot there i mean it's so look 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 at what you did i mean a totally different aspect and uh it's a lot there it doesn't seem like a lot until you start studying and the the historical uh, uh um the historical descriptions and, and what what was what and the stoning and they actually did not have the authority to i did it from a legal standpoint they really didn't have the 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 uh authority to stone this woman because they were we uh, they were in ro- under Roman law
1: they right, couldn't stone exactly. so they
0: were uh putting it, putting up a, a big nothing they didn't have the they didn't have the authority and so oh I, I just i did the legal aspect of it and and from one point to the other and then when uh uh was going to saint john two two jesus being it it says for um the defense attorney uh I, I just took the whole thing it it took me uh it took me eight weeks and i did it on my 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 radio podcast too uh about that uh, prayer and then I turned it into a book jesus the intercessory prayer model so i i, I really enjoyed your presentation it's 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 almost uh miraculous to see how much can be you know gleaned and drawn from that very small uh you know description of that woman i even took the legal aspect that the, you know under roman law wait a minute under heat let's see how i do it but anyway there had to be more than one witness and they didn't have any more witnesses besides she right. and the man right. that she was there, and that was illegal stoning as well. So right. um, you know, it's been it, it. I I I mean, so you know, it's a lot lot that can be drawn from those scriptures there. Is but, your um, book still I think in print? it's John. 8 I'm sorry. Is your book still in print? It's not published right now, but I'm going to I'm, – I'm planning on publishing that book as well, probably at the end of the uh, – by the end of the year. Yes.
2: Okay. I'd like to have a copy.
0: Yes. And did you – you wrote a book on it as well? I did. Well, I published my dissertation. Dr. Oh, okay. All righty. Well, well I'll tell is you that what. Published I'll be
1: so looking at it. Where can I, Where can we find it? It's on Amazon. My book?
0: Oh, her book is on Amazon, no, yeah.
2: No. Well, I haven't published it. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Dr. I- Millicent, what's the name of it? It's on Amazon? It is Empowering Women Who Suffer in Silence from Domestic Abuse.
1: Okay. That's, that, that's all I have to do is put Empowering Women Who Suffer?
2: In Silence
1: by Domestic Abuse. And did you do
2: self-publishing or you did self-empowering? I paid a guy to publish it, and he turned out to be a shyster. So I have not been uh, marketing it. I am currently talking to another publishing company about republishing it so that I can close the loopholes that has has allowed him to get my royalties and and give me nothing.
1: Oh, girl, stop.
0: can I tell you this? Um, Dr. Millicent, TBN, TBN, the station TBN, Trinity right. Broadcasting Network, they're looking for Christian authors. Um, and they're very, very credible. I mean, they have their stuff together because I, I, uh, I talked to them once. And I mean, they said, if you have your manuscript right now, we'll go with it right now. And they ask for a brief description of the book. Does it have, uh, you know, spiritual importance? They want to make sure it's uh, a, a book of, about spirituality or about Jesus, you know, about your faith. And they're ready to go instantly. And they, to me, they have instant credibility and ability. They're ready to go instantly. TBN they do, publishing.
2: But they touch quite a bit. Um oh that I I did talk to them and they were they were interested, but they do charge quite a bit for their services. I'll revisit that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I thought um, they were definitely. credible, you know. I well, what, what are they charging for? What are they charging for? The ISBN
2: number? No, they charge for the you know they charge for for the cover they charge for the ISBN they charge for uh they you know they offer the full marketing plan where they can offer it even through their channel um, a, a, and advertisement and stuff like that I I need to revisit that and uh, see what they are currently charging It's been a couple years I think that I first investigated that.
0: It's called trilogy. I think it would be worth investment in in the in in your book on going worldwide.
2: I believe you're right, and especially I I can can update some things. uh, I um and make enough changes. I believe that would uh, justify you know revising the the uh, title and and get just making sure that I get it all from under this guy. He never even actually signed a contract. He typed his name on what he called a contract, and I said, that's not your signature. He said, that is my signature. He was a very intimidating man who, would, who was verbally abusive. I recorded him uh, trying to stop you from challenging his criminal activity. And um, so you
1: know- I never signed anything. Mm -hmm. Let me just interject. I, I was so blessed when I started writing, I was doing an education book for ESL and I came across this lawyer and she gave me the best information ever. She said, look, I'm not doing this stuff anymore, but I'll tell you one thing buy, go and buy a group of ISBN numbers, be your own publisher to get started. She said, it is so, uh, written with, uh, you know, shysters in the publishing field, she said, start with buying your own ISBN numbers. And do you know, that's why nobody, that Amazon don't like me, this one don't like me, because once I am the publishing company, I am the owner, I am the author. Once you buy it, so I would recommend to anyone to go to the, 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 the site online before you do anything. Buy your ISBN number and create your publishing company and then go to these people. You know, when I go to them, okay, now you want to play ball. You know, can you market my book? Basically, if I you know, if you can upgrade my cover, I'll look at that. I'll even take editing services. But that's all they could do. Marketing, editing and book covers because if you don't want any problems you need to go by your ISBN number and through it's Bowler I think BOWLER uh you get that and you become a publishing company you can get like it's a, I had some money then but you can get 10 ISBNs for at that time I got 10 ISBNs copyright quite a few things for about 500 and it was worth it but I think you can buy one ISBN number for like ninety bucks or a hundred bucks, something like that. But to avoid being ripped off, buy your own ISBN number. That way nobody else gets anything. Because the ISBN numbers tell it's everything.
0: Can I say one other thing? Uh with Amazon, mm-hmm. my first book that I published, uh legally speaking, uh I didn't get any, hardly any royalties off of that book at Amazon, and um, I, I, I didn't trust Amazon. I thought they were lying about what my book sold, and I'd had people told me, "Well, I went on Amazon and got your book," and I said, "Well, I didn't get a Amazon. I didn't. I didn't get a royalty from um, Amazon," and so I took my book down. Um, because of the targeting that I've experienced. I took my book down from Amazon on purpose um, because I felt I was getting ripped off. And um, so I, I'm i not published at all now. I mean, I have a bunch of uh, piled up, unedited manuscripts that I need to really discipline myself and get going and and you know, uh, I think my books would sell like on a bigger platform, uh, like the TBN publishing, uh, and also to uh, Dr. Millicent and anybody else on here, uh, 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 Tranquility or or Sharice or uh, Mir- uh, Dr. Miriam. I call you Dr. Miriam. I'm a <laughs> Dr. Miriam. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's perfect. Uh, But um, the Church of God in Christ has a publishing company there in Memphis. And at one point, I was keeping a strong contact with them uh, via social media. Uh and they also have a publishing company and if you can get on their list, you know, they look at your book's content, they publish to their 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 their, their organization and their churches in their organization. You know how big that is the Church of God in Christ. And so their main um offices are in Memphis. And that is some, uh, you know, there's nothing like getting, saying the church will do everything right. But right. I kind of felt comfortable with it as well. But you can get ripped off now because I had a famous pastor rip off one of my books. And so Girl, that's daddy. why I don't, yeah, Dad. a famous pastor ripped off one of my books. Yes. He didn't use it, but his friend used it. And uh, in fact, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the six year statute, but I could actually sue them for ripping off my title of my book. Um, and the name of my book was Reset, Reset, Your Faith. And I can prove when I publish that book. Well, I didn't publish it. But I can prove when I pub- Well, I, I published it publicly, but. I can prove they copied that book a year after I I, I had it on my uh, my Instagram platform, Reset Your Faith, a timetable for recovering, uh, what, my own book, timetable for recovering your beliefs, something like that. I got to go to my own book cover. But, I mean, uh, you know, so people are, are very vicious. And uh, and very brutal about stealing books too and transcripts. And that's part of the reason why, you know, I stopped teaching on uh, Block Talk Radio because people were taking myself. Just taking myself. Uh, Recently, just I put on my Facebook page, uh, my Speak for Yourself, my legally speaking book, I I changed the, the Lord. Divinely gave me gave me a a title for that book, change the title. They changed the title to Speak for Yourself. And um, I looked and a lady was using it here in Detroit, using that book title for her radio show. And, you know, I haven't said anything to her yet, but I shared her uh, broadcast to let her know, you know, hey, You're using my book title, and because I've campaigned so much, I'm sure that, you know, um, or either somebody gave her the idea or saw my book or whatever, but, you know, I haven't done anything yet, but I'm so busy suing everybody now. It's like I woke up and saw. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the woke culture. Everybody wants to use that word now. But I am truly awake. Okay, uh, and God is uh, really opening my eyes in a lot of areas, but I, I'm not gonna let them get away with it. Like this thing on, but uh, um, there's, there's a lot of stealing, Doctor Milson, and everybody else on the on the podcast. There is a lot of stealing and ripping off, and um, so I understand what you're saying. You have to be really careful, and you have to shop for shop for. Um, You know somebody that you think is going to have integrity, Um, and and you know so I I I know I know what you're saying. So Amazon though to me didn't have a lot of integrity.
2: Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I will check into uh, the culture publishing. You know I'm here in Tennessee,
0: and so that's uh, that's oh oh are you are you from Tennessee? You're from you you're from Tennessee. I am. Hello? Oh, I didn't oh. know that. Oh, okay, I know. Well, you may have heard of them, that publishing company they, no. Have. No, I they have. I the had not.
2: I had not heard of that. So I'll I oh, okay. right. that. Yeah, mm. I'll contact them and get information.
0: All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not, and, and, and then Dr. Millson, it's not, it's like you have to sneak up on them. <laughs> uh, you know, they, it seems like it's a closed door, but uh, somehow okay. now uh, this targeting it has caused me to lose some, you know, uh, touch with some of the stuff I was doing. But it, it is not a closed door. They just want to make sure your content does not, uh, you know, uh, in any way contradict. What they believe is a true word in the doctrine uh, concerning Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus and the Christ. I mean, I'm sorry, God and the Christ, God and the Christ. So, um, you know, if it doesn't challenge that in any way. I think you're, you know, they they will consider looking at your book.
2: Well, thank you. I I would definitely look into that. No, it's it's strictly seminary based. I had to had to pass this the seminary team.
0: Mhm, okay, yeah, and I then they publish to their membership they publish to their membership, so I understand at one point I knew what their membership was with a lot of people I know that you get on their book list and get published i mean i don't I forgot what their numbers were, but at one time, I was very cognizant of their numbers and really, uh you know with all that you sometimes you can just be involved in too much and not get anything done. I think yeah. being a judge and all this other stuff I was doing, I didn't concentrate on getting my book to them. Um, it, but, you know, like I said, I saw the, the promise in the book being published in the congregation. So, yeah, hopefully maybe you could get that to
2: I definitely look look into that. I was hoping, that's how I was hoping to market it. I was hoping to go to some of the national conventions and ask if I could be allowed to teach a class because originally it was designed to be a manual for churches on how to start a ministry for for victims of domestic abuse. And COVID happened and man was acting ugly. And so I just backed down from all of that.
0: Yes, amen, yes. And I had favor with them at one point, and, you know, legally I had represented, you know, some of their pastors in different things, contract cases and so forth. And so I had a little, you know, favor there. Not There's not such thing as a little favor. But a kind of open door had come open, you know, where there normally I believe would not be a door open, but you know you can it, once you present it. Like I said, if it doesn't conflict with that, then sometimes they will accept, you know, writings from outside sources, so to speak. Yeah, that's a great I think, idea. I think they have. A, yeah, I think it's a couple of million of them, isn't it? More. I don't know how how big the Church of God in Christ is. But their membership is huge.
2: It's lo- it's a huge one. Yes, it is large.
0: I mean, yeah, and then you know amen. the
2: National Baptist have three different conventions uh, because of all their splits, and then there's the uh, uh, Full Gospel uh, Yes Baptist Association. So there's some there's some good possibilities there.
0: Yes. Yes. Amen. I wish you success on that, yes.
2: Thank
1: you very much. It's uh Whenever you're ready, Dr. Millicent, you can close us out.
2: All right. Well, great. And mighty God, we thank you so much, Lord, for just loving us. We thank you, Father God, that you provided a way that we would always be accepted in the beloved, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray tonight, Father, that as you have opened our eyes yet all the more, that you would allow us, God, to use our awakeness for the liberation and for the reestablishment of women, God, who have been locked out of places that you intended, that they would be able to walk into the doors. I pray, Father, your blessings on each person on the call tonight. Uh, Dr. Brenda, Father God, Minister Miriam,
1: um Tranquility, Tranquility Father
2: Tranquility. God, um, Jerese, Jerese. Jerese God, and any others whose names I don't call, Father. I pray your blessings upon them, Father. I pray, God, that you'll continuously go before us to make rough roads smooth and crooked roads straight, Father. Open the doors that have been closed in our faces, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus, grant us grace and favor everywhere we turn, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you're able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could ask to think according to the power that's at work in us and so lord i pray tonight that you would increase the power of the holy spirit that is within us lord give us i pray your will to to move the mountains god that are before us i pray lord in Jesus' name that you would increase god your grace that's within us the same kind that paul said to Uh, Paul heard from Jesus when he said, my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. God, increase your grace. That's the you can when we can't. Thank you, Father, for that unmerited favor, Lord, that allows us, God, to continue to live, continue to walk, continue to move in this world, Father God, that would love to shut us down. We praise you, God, that in spite of the fact that there are men who would like to cause us, Father God, to fail, We are successful in Jesus Christ. Lord, you said in your word that you're perfecting those things that concern us. Thank you in advance, Father. Thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall prove to be in the wrong. God, your word says this is our heritage as your servants, and our righteousness is of you. Father, we depend on you, God. We declare and decree that we can't live without you, Lord. It is in you that we live and move and have our very being. We thank you, Father, that we don't have to make our own way, Father, for Jesus has declared that I am the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you, oh, God, that in spite of what the enemy sets out to do, we can declare like Joseph what the devil means for evil. You mean it for our good. Thank you, Father, God, for every Job experience, God for every Rahab experience, Father. But in spite of what looked like failures in their lives, God, you had some amazing outcomes waiting for them. And so, Lord, we thank you for the outcomes that you have waiting for us. We thank you, Father, for the the, the, uh, steps up, Father. We thank you, God, for the reestablishment. We thank you, Father, for putting us back in the places that man has pushed us out. We thank you, O God, for overturning the tricks, the traps, the snares, the schemes, the ditches, and the pitfalls that man has made for us, God, because you're able, Lord to cause us to walk over these places and to ride on our high mountains, O oh God. You're able, God, to cause us to cross the Red Seas, God, and to step our feet fearlessly into the Jordans that they may may open up, O oh God, just before us. Thank you, Lord, for every access, for every promised land that you have for us yet to attain, yet to accomplish, yet to achieve, and yet, O oh God, to obtain. In Jesus' name I pray.
1: Amen. 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 Well, thank you so Amen. much, Dr. Miller. We just greatly enjoyed having you. Your presentation was simply awesome uh, and meaningful. And, um, It will make us, you know, it, it just as Christians will make us all better people because, you know, sometimes as Christians, you know, we forget that we all fall short of the glory. So your lesson tonight, let us know that we're not any better than anybody else. You know, that we all need God's help. Mm-hmm. We all need his help and we need his His guidance, his leadership. And we're all children of God. And the main point I believe to remember is that Jesus
2: caused these women to be uh, where, where society said they had no status. Jesus said, you're accepted in the beloved. That's the main thing to, to remember, that Jesus had the, a power and the ability to forgive sin, but not just to forgive, but to cleanse and to restore. And that's what we saw him doing in the lives of these women. Amen. Amen. Mm.
1: Amen. Okay. With that being said, good night, everybody, and thank you so much for coming. And um, I think, yeah, this is our last woman's history month. So you guys made it wonderful. I'll probably do a summary of uh a great women on Friday night. And uh uh excuse me, some will be from the Bible and some will be just from uh GP, gen, uh, is it GP? No, GK, general knowledge. Um, you know, be, I want to look at uh, Mary McLeod Bethune, CJ, Madam CJ Walker, Helen Keller, um, Mother Teresa. Um, I'll just have like short uh, biographies on each. They will be, uh, it will be t- on video. I mean, on video. Uh, uh, tape so I know you're not a late night person uh, I hope you get to listen to it uh, Dr. Millison okay I'm trying so to remember the night. Name of the woman. I'm trying to remember Ooh. the name of the
2: woman that I saw in the African American Museum in D.C. when we visited in 2019 my goodness made a, a tremendous impact on me because as a slave she applied to the state of Massachusetts for a pension and got it. I'll find her name and send it to you. She's definitely one to be looked at.
1: Oh, wow. Yes. Give me that name. I'll, I'll include her. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll send it to I, you. I, oh, really? Actually, I have, I, I have this, uh, I can't find it right now, prayer book. And I had all these great women in there. And I was like, oh. And actually, I'm going to read one of their prayers, too, that they uh. Uh, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's a weird co- title book, it's called Dangerous Prayers, you know me, I went and bought it, I said, let me see what it is uh Dangerous Prayers, and it's uh, 50 Powerful Prayers That Change the World, girl, I bought that book so quick, I said, change the world, <laughs> you know, trying to, <laughs> this sick program, yes, you you know, we need the world to change, yeah, Rosa Parks is in here, um, some uh some women I never even heard of. I'm gonna learn about Fanny Fanny Crosby. Uh oh Fanny Crosby. Wh- Wonderful. Who is Fanny Crosby? She wrote a
2: ton of hymns. As a blind hymns? woman.
1: woman. Hymn. Church hymn. Mm, okay. Okay. This they got woman- Mary McLeod. Okay, go
2: ahead. This woman's name is Belinda Sutton. I'm sending you the, a link. Belinda Sutton. Okay. Yep. yep. She petitioned the Commonwealth of Massachusetts in
1: 1783.
2: Wow. Got a pension.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to be uh, reading over uh, Mary McLeod Bethune. Uh, Evangeline Corey Booth, I think, Amy Carmichael, uh, Fanny Crosby, uh, Elizabeth Elliott, Helen Keller, Jorana Lee, uh, mm, Amy Simple McPherson. Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, and I think Adora U. I'm not sure. You know, but I'll be going over what they did and reading the prayer they left behind. So, yes, that's for next uh, Friday night. Join us if you can. And um, don't forget, uh, I, I try to make Millicent's call, Dr. Millicent's calls. Uh, they're on what is it seven to eight, Eastern.
2: Right, that's right.
1: Right. So if you ever you know not sleep like me many nights, you know you could uh, join us there. And um, she told you about her other um, week. She's doing a great job in in the TI community, which is needed particularly for a lot of the newer people, that the younger people, that are doing this too, you know, it's just no easy way to deal with this, so I just thank God for what you're doing to at least help prevent the suicide, you know.
2: Amen, amen. Well, God bless each of you is my prayer. I've got uh, two doctor appointments tomorrow So uh, today now, so I, I better get to bed. Okay.
1: All right, good night, God bless you, thank you. Good night, everybody. That's uh, Sanders. Yes. May I? May I? Yeah. Uh,
2: may Mir- could Miriam give give me your phone number?
0: Oh, it's okay. Yes, I'll give it to you. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, no. I tell you what. Yeah. I, well, yes. I tell you what. I'll let Miriam give them to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be fine. That's it.
2: That's that's fine. okay Thank you. The state of Tennessee Okay, okay you fall, were, uh, the, the state of Tennessee.
1: Brenda. Fall, I Brenda just, excuse me, one second. Brenda, I got three phone numbers. Could you just send me the one you want me to give her?
0: Three one three. Three one three. Not my landline, but my cell phone.
1: Okay, the one that I got two with three one three. Just give me the next digit.
2: Six.
1: Okay, I'll f figure it out. Okay. All right,
2: I'll send it. Okay, what were you saying? Mm-hmm. I was just telling her that the that state right? of Tennessee um had on the ballot back last fall to close any loopholes regarding slavery. And they did. They did that. And what um what's what's happening to us is considered slavery. It's considered electronic slavery and because I can prove that they that I'm being used for for research and money is being trans trans uh is transpiring, then that makes it involuntary servitude. And and they closed the loophole on all of that. So I wanted to ask you about how to challenge that.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Okay, no problem. When you say they uh,
1: closed the loophole, what do you mean?
2: They still they still had on the book that they could they could enslave someone for, uh, if if they had been convicted of a crime, that they could be put, when I was a little girl, they had what they called a chain game. And and literally men had to go work off their fines. And so they still had it on the books that that could be done. And um, because, like I said, because they are using me to generate money and I have no I have not been convicted of any crime, and I do not owe anyone that I'm not paying. They have no right to do this to me. so I just wanted to challenge it from that perspective
1: right even if you did if, even if you had like the rest of Americans have debt and nobody have no right to do this
2: exactly, exactly. But the guy that that put me in the program and that has been being paid by Lockheed Martin to tear up my body. He said he's been made filthy rich selling my body.
1: Well, you need to start putting his name all over in Congress, everywhere. I've been sending it. it. I've been sending it. I've been sending it. Everybody in this world to know about regional killer Boyd and Gray. Everybody in the world. I don't want a child not to know. Every news media. I, I'm, 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 when I, this next document, I'm asking people just, you you know, just forward it, put news tip. Just news tip, go to every media outlet and put news tip. That's
2: what, that's where we are. But good night, everyone. I, I'm, I'm going to go. Thanks again for your, your time and your attention. Uh, Minister Miriam, thank you so much for
1: inviting me. I'm glad you came and we enjoyed you. Thank you for coming. And thank, thank you guys you. for your participation. And I'll give you I'll send you a copy of the link. Great. Thank you. Good night. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. God bless you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Where are you?